It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, one week ago today, the world woke up to a world where Brian was your champion. All eyes were on Las Vegas, Nevada, as Super Bowl 5300 took place between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Dreams were made, hopes were dashed. We woke up with Brian as the champion, and we woke up with all eyes thinking that the San Francisco 49ers would be able to pull off a victory. Despite being up 10 to 3 at the half, the 49ers proved unwilling to grab the championship. They let it slip through their fingers in overtime, and the Kansas City Chiefs won the entire game. As such, as people who watched episode 290 last week and saw Brian, myself, claim the Super Bowl bet and the 49ers alongside that bet, then there is only one thing that happened as a result of Super Bowl 493 last week that we can all understand changed the future of this humanity that we all call our own. And as such, I want to introduce my brother, the champion of the Ron and Brian podcast, Ron. Thank you, Brian. With a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody that you're number one, the only way that you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the podcasting world that makes you number one. When you are the king of the Ron and Brian podcast, you rule the world. Think about it like that. Matt, put that cigarette out. It's the greatest moment of my life. I want to jump. I want to party. But I've got to tell you like this for the Joe Rogans and the Adam Carollas and the Bryans and the Tashas. Now it's Ron. And you all pay homage to the man. Woo! <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it, Brian. Welcome, everybody, to episode 292 of the Ron and Brian podcast. All is right with the world. And the title, Brian, I uh, kudos to you for a peaceful transition of power. And of course, uh, the belt, the belt is back home and it's I'm, I'm just glad to have it. Not everyone in the house is happy that the belt has returned. But these are these are the things we deal with from time to time. Unlike you, Ron, when I lost my Super Bowl bet, I lost my championship. If I recall, you decided to whip out your passport and flee <laughs> internationally um, I knew that the only thing that would hold the integrity of the championship was a peaceful uh, transfer of power. I immediately 
um, started packing up the belt. I brought the belt to the post office on Monday afternoon. If I am not correct, it was in your possession uh, Thursday morning or was it Wednesday? Uh, Thursday afternoon. Thursday afternoon it arrived. Thursday afternoon. And I, um, how thrilled was Mrs. Rod? Let's talk. Um, you know, it was, there was definitely a look of uh, disbelief, uh, a look of wonder, um, wondering why uh, she continues to put up with me. Um, but, uh, and, uh, you know, a, a request to keep the title belt well out of her sight. Okay. How, how did the, how did the, um, how did the animals handle it? Watching you come down the stairs triumphantly with the belt around your, uh, around your waist. You know, I noticed a, a, a level of calm from all of them that they haven't had in the past year. Like they, even they could sense and animals pick up on things. They pick up on vibes, they pick up on energy. Um, and I think they realize all was well within uh, the Ron household again. Okay. Very good. By the way, and I know that I've not said this and I wanted to save it for the show. Congratulations. Oh, um, thank you. I, I expect nothing but greatness from you and this show for the next year. Well, I will do my best to keep things uh, going as they have for the past 291 episodes. So let's get it going with drink of the week. Drink of the week. Nazdrovia. <laughs> Drink of the week. 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 Brian, what are you drinking this first week? Um, what? No, you're 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 wagging your finger at me. Champ goes first this week. I think you know. Right. I think you have to. You have to take lead on this one. All right. I will gladly do so, uh, Brian, as has happened uh, many times since Thursday afternoon, since the belt came back into the house. I broke open uh, a little bit of the bubbly uh, in one of my championship chalices. Um, as you know, Brian, it is not champagne unless it comes from the Champagne region of France, and it is not a championship belt unless it is draped over my shoulder. So uh, a little cold bubbly uh, to toast myself and my championship reign. Congratulations. Um, walk me through it. Uh, you know, still don't have a taste for champagne. Just not, not a fan. I, but I feel like how you celebrate. I've always gotten the impression that champagne's like a three, four glass and then starts to um, – then you can start getting past your revulsion to it. I don't understand yeah. it. It doesn't taste good. Um, there is a, there is an undertaste. I mean, you get the grape, you get the you get the smug self righteousness of the French. I mean, it's it's clearly in there, um, of course. But there's there's something there's an undertow there that just to your point, it's not pleasant, uh, and it takes a few drinks to get it out of your mouth. The other Which thing that I've also said about noticed. yes. No, 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 no. What were you going to say about me? I was, I was going to say just like college for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that my experience with champagne also is that um, the gas, the gas I get from it, just truly foul, <laughs> foul gas. That's all right, not Brian. Good. Not good at all. What are, you, what are you drinking this week? All the way from uh, London. 
I brought this back. This was one of my uh, preferred beers that I had uh, when I was over there. This is Old Speckled Hen. Hold on. I'm going to pull up my pint glass just so you can kind of get a sense. Look at this beautiful thing. It's, Brian feels the way about cock. You know, you know guys, I, I, I kind of do. Um, let me hold this up so you can see it. Old Speckled Hen. Look, at, It's a distinctive English pale ale. It's the Great British Ale that was first brewed to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the MG Car Factor in Abingdon, Oxfordshire. Oxfordshire. I could be wrong on that. Oxfordshire, It's It was even named after the factory's old runaround car, which was often parked outside the paint shop. Spattered in paint, the car became known as the Old Speckledun. The eagle-eyed might even see the resemblance between MG's logo and the old speckled hen Lego. More than 35 years on, this great premium ale continues to be a finely balanced beer with a distinctive, rich, multi-taste, fruity aroma, 4.8 ABV. Beer Advocate gives it a score of 79, but more importantly, I give it a score of... I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say it's. I don't remember this. Uh, oh, the aftertaste is terrible. Um, it's kind of bitter. Okay. I would. It's a little hoppier than I would think of for an ale, but I guess it's an ale. Why do I keep buying fucking ales? I'm giving this a score of about forty-five. Another fucking mistake. Like beer. Fucking mistake. Like beer. I like beer. Uh, by the way, as soon as I'm done with this with this abomination, I'm drinking <laughs> right. a Yingling. Because I still have yinglings from last week, and I'll be drinking the shit out of those. But this one I'm going to have to suffer and put up with. But I think it's 10 minutes in. We need to get on to the show. All right. Well, let's keep it rolling then. Uh, It's time for our beef. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? Oh, no, no, no. The champ goes first. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll try and make this uh, this quick then. So we, uh, the, the lady and I, we went out for dinner kind of last minute on Valentine's Day. It was, you know, kind of a nice night. We're like, yeah, let's run out, see who has availability. And there was this uh, little place over in Chestnut Hill, um, which wife had just been saying, oh, we should go to Chestnut Hill sometime. Uh, a place I had been to, she had not. I thought, you know, we'd have a good, you know, little wood-fired uh, pizza action there. So we go over, um, you know, not busy, surprisingly, for, for Valentine's Day. Get seated, uh, you know, get our get our bread, get our appetizer. Everything's going well. We each order a pizza, and we're sitting there. 10 minutes go by. 20 minutes go by. 30 minutes go by. Our waitress has not stopped back to check in on us. Um, has stopped at every table around us. And then there was a table uh, kind of to our left that got seated probably about 10 or 15 minutes after we did. So after about a half hour, like their food comes out and it's pizzas. Exact. One of the same exact pizzas that we ordered was being delivered to this table. So I don't like, you know, I don't like confrontation, but call the waitress over. And I'm like, just a question, you know, been here a half hour. That table got their food. You know, is our pizzas coming? Oh yeah, they've been ordered great i'm like but are they coming so they have like these little handheld devices so she holds the handheld device up to me and cc it was ordered that's great that it was ordered i'm just trying to get an idea as if it's coming to our table or not 
Yeah, I'm sure it is. Can you maybe check with someone and see? So she goes and comes back a minute later. Oh, yeah, I talked to my manager. Uh, he said the pizzas are coming out. Not sure why you wouldn't talk to the kitchen, but okay. So finally, like after another five minutes, the pizzas come out and we start eating. And she stops back over a few minutes later. She's like, oh, great. You got your pizzas. That would have driven me crazy if they didn't come out. Clearly, it wouldn't because you really didn't care the first 30 minutes that we didn't get to no. And again, had it been busier, I, you know, I would understand. But it was just like, at least at least say, you know what? Sorry, this is running behind, but I'll check on that for you. So that was my beef, Brian. Just not a, a great uh, service experience. I'd be, I would be enraged by that. I would be utterly enraged. Um, I have. Those are the kind of things to not get enraged with things. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried to calm down. You know, I've had a temper over the years. I've been accused of. So, I just try and not take my anger out on people, especially service people. But just acknowledge, like, yeah, you have been waiting quite a while for that. Let me go check with you. Sure, of course, of course. Well, the thing for me that is. for me, um, I listen. There's one thing that um, that does drive me absolutely out of control, which is um, when the order of seating, the order of ordering, when that order is not respected by the process. Right. So, like you said, if somebody gets seated after you and they are getting attention before you, that's the thing that triggers me. It's one thing if I place my order and it just takes a while and it takes a longer than normally accepted. I can sit there and immediately sit there and be like, well, you know what? I guess the kitchen's being packed and, you know, they're running delayed. I get it. I get it. But when I can sit there and point to a table that sat at the same time as me or afterwards and they have already got their basket of bread and I have none on my table. (laughs) Oh, I can't handle that. If I'm sitting there and I see them working on, on, on their beverages and I'm sitting there with just water that they brought out when I originally sat down, oh, am I furious? Um, those are things that I can't handle. Yeah. And that's why, like, had had that table gotten food other than ours, you'd be like, all right, maybe, maybe the pizza oven's backed up. They're having pasta or whatever. Sure. But, like, when it was literally right. one of the same pizzas that we had ordered for our table, it's like – feel like we should have our pieces by now. How tempted were you to walk over there and just grab that pizza and be like, this pizza is mine. This, this is, is mine. my pizza. You get the next one. I'd be furious. Enraged. Enraged, yes. In fact, we went out. Uh, we had dinner with the with the Jardies last night. Uh, got to see our, oh. our debate moderator, Marty. And that and was another thing that drives me crazy is um, – I John a, John Jardy <laughs> drives you nuts. I got a I got a panini. Uh, my wife ordered a pizza because she loves pizza. Uh, the Jardies ordered a pizza, and so my panini comes out, and it was like another 10, 15 minutes before their pizzas oh, came out. Yeah. So it's like then you feel like, and of course, right? No, eat, 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 but you still you feel like kind of a you feel like a bit of a dick. Well, I think you're the kind of person that would eat, right? Well, I mean, they said eat, so I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll eat that. You're. You're the kind of asshole that would sit there and start eating his dinner <laughs> while everyone else is just sitting there waiting for theirs. Yeah, you are that person. You drink right. that champagne. You drink that champagne. You take a big, deep gulp of it. Pinky up. Pinky up. Mm. Oh. So what's your beef this week, Brian? Oh, my beef this week is with Bet MGM. You know, um, a couple of weeks ago, you uh, lauded the benefits of online gambling 
you sat there and said you've been having such a, a loads of fun with the um, fine people over at DraftKings. Future potential sponsor of the show. Um, so I decided to download the app. Um, you know, you and I have, uh, you know, we've been having some fun with it on there. Got yeah. ourselves a little a little social betting group over there where we share our bets. It's, it's uh, you know, uh, it's, I believe, did you say that your first act as a, um, as champion was to add a new level on our Patreon where um, if you sponsored at the super duper deluxe level, you actually can join our um, DraftKings group? Uh, yeah, we have to. I think we have to get that up on the actual site itself. Uh, but sure. we will be uh, we'll be we'll be getting that rolling soon. Got it. So I signed up for DraftKings and they had a great deal, which was if you bet, if you um, deposit twenty five dollars, they give you eight twenty five dollar bets for free. Free money, people. Yeah, you have to pick some money. winners, but it's free money. Right. So then MGM bets or bet MGM comes around the MGM version of whatever the online gambling is. And there, their sponsor was if you place any bet of $5 or more, you get $150 in free bets. Well, I sat there and said, you know what? I'm going to do that too. This way I have two different places that I can, um, you know, uh, bet compare odds, look to see which is giving me better for, you know, for, for whatever game you want to have two different sure. Choices. Choices are important. So I signed up with BetMGM. Absolutely. I signed up. I sent them uh, $10. I bet at least $20, $25. And I did not see my free bets come in. So I sat there. I went on the website. First off, I exhausted the app. There's absolutely no place where you can, you know, write to complain. Not one. Then I go onto the website. And uh, just looked around the website to see where there's a, co- you know, contact us. No. You think these online casinos want any, any anybody to be able to contact them? They don't want no. to deal with it. So I did a quick uh, Google search to see if there are other people had been complaining about not receiving. And there are pages of them. Reddit, Discord, Telegram, full of people complaining. Um, and now I realize that that was um, something that BetMGM does. They ought, they have this great offer, and they don't follow through with it. So to those kind of people, I say, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I've already taken my money out of BetMGM, and I'm looking at you, fine people over at FanDuel. I think I got uh, – I think this could be a start of a beautiful relationship if you give me some free bets. It's all about uh, the free bets. All they got to do right? is take care of you. That's all they got to do. All- all I got to do is treat me like the former champion that I am. So uh, we got uh, 20 minutes in. We got to get to we got to get to stories, Brian. Um, and so let's uh, let's start off with our stories of the week. As we know, listen, we like to, to listen. grab stories and make sure we get to them. And they don't fall through the cracks. Don't blame me if you if you don't know how to run a show, because when I was champion, this yeah. show ran like like a like a German train station. It was on time all the time. That was a bad analogy. Bad fucking analogy, Brian. That was not good. Not good. Ugh. Okay. Well, why don't you uh why don't you why don't you, as me champ, I am deferring to you. I would like you to do your story of the week first. Okay, my first story takes us all the way to Brisbane, Australia. Is it Brisbane? Isn't it Brisbane? I believe it's Brisbane, yes. Brisbane. 
Brisbane over by Bondi Park. But that's not a knife. Now that's a knife. Anyway, but um, you you know uh, one of my favorite things, and I think it's one of yours also, is Facebook groups and um, uh, local neighborhoods. People going up in arms over. Um, outrageous behavior. Well, apparently the Eastern Australia Suburban Moms Group in Bondi Park, there was a post recently by an anonymous woman who took to the group to share of a recent incident that she had witnessed in a in Bondi Park where a mother allowed her son to poo on the ground near a busy playground. The post read, So I just witnessed a mother encouraging her son to take a dump inside the Bondi Beach playground. She took off his pants and he walked around the playground naked from the waist down before stopping under a tree and squatting to poop. The child was perhaps three to four years old. The mother then casually came over, gave him a quick wipe before attempting to pick up the poop with a baby wipe. However, it didn't look like a clean one and basically left feces smeared all around the ground. The poster says that she was left shocked and genuinely revolted after seeing this as other playground goers were. One person even tried to speak to the mother, but she rolled her eyes and waved them away. She then admitted that while she's not at the toilet training stage yet herself with her child, she wouldn't fathom um, uh, letting her child defecate anywhere else other than in the playground. Um, Ron, this is literally Facebook has take has just gone over with this because um, it's really divided the parents between do you you know you're encouraging your child not to poop you know inside their pants. Here was an instance where a kid said, "Hey, mom, I think I gotta go make a boom boom." Um, and, uh, you know, she took his pants off cause he was boom booing in the park. Um, unfortunately it doesn't sound like it was boom, boom. Sounds like it was a little mush mush. And, um, he went mush mush on the floor. Um, what would you do if you were in the park? Obviously you are childless Baron. Right. Um, and you're sitting there, you're watching the little kids. One kid decides to take his pants off and he starts taking a dump on the floor. What would you do? I mean, I think. The only thing you can do in this instance is, you know, rub his nose in it because that's the only way they learn, Brian. Mm, I like that harsh, harsh parenting. Now I have a question. Yes, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what my natural instinct would be, and I'm not sure that it's legal. So I'm kind of looking to you to give me any heads up on this one. All right. Whipping out my phone and starting to videotape that is that is that okay? I feel it's public. If, if- it's public, yet it still is, feels like borderline child pornography at that point. Uh, I mean, from the waist down, 100%. And it's also <laughs> scat. It's also scat porn. So it's it's even worse. It hits, it hits a lot of, it checks off a lot of boxes. Yes. Allie's claiming that you are all, that the alcohol has already gone to work as your cheeks are paying. No, 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 no. That's not the cheeks. That is the glow of the um, light off the belt hitting him at a different angle. So you haven't seen this glow. Um, I use very unnatural lighting here um, for my setup. Ron has Ron use, does use natural light. Um, I believe it's special light bulbs that he buys at Home Depot. My personal hell. Um, <laughs> so it's the light bouncing off the root, off the ceiling, down onto the belt, back onto his face. That's the pink you're seeing. Um, so congratulations. Ron, what's your story yes. of the week? So my story of the week, Brian, um, and one would think the uh, the shooting 
at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, Super Bowl parade was the worst thing to come out of Kansas City this week. Uh, but it was one of two horrible stories, Brian, because a mother in Kansas City, Missouri, has been arrested and charged in the death of her one-month-old infant after allegedly mistakenly placing the baby in an oven instead of a crib. Um, this is Mariah Thomas, age 26. She has been charged with a Class A felony, first degree endangering uh, the welfare of a child um, in the death of her baby. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the police were dispatched to a residence uh, in the Mannheim Park neighborhood of Kansas City around 1.30 last Friday, responding to a call about a non-breathing infant uh, upon arrival. Uh, officers observed the infant victim had apparent burn wounds. Um, they, uh, the fire department responded, declared the one-month-old dead at the scene. Uh, Thomas alleged she was putting the child down for a nap and accidentally, mistakenly, placed the child in the oven uh, instead of the crib. Was the child's first name Moishi? I don't know offhand. That's that's two horrible references you've made in the first twenty-five minutes of this episode. Old Specklehead, you're going to say something you're going to regret. Uh, Brian, mad at me if I make that voice anymore. <laughs> I think so. Uh, we've got diseases, Brian. Diseases all oh. over the place. Um, so bubonic plague, Brian, we thought it was gone. Uh, but now apparently there was a case out in Bend, Oregon, uh, where a uh, a uh, an individual... Uh, reported a case of bubonic plague where they said likely contracted it from a pet cat. Um, all close contacts of the person and the cat have been con contacted and provided medication. Uh, the case was identified and treated in its early stages uh, and supposedly poses little risk to the community. Uh, symptoms of the bubonic plague include the sudden onset of fever, nausea, weakness, chills, and muscle aches, uh, and symptoms begin two to eight days after exposure. Um, it can lead to bloodstream and lung infections if it is not diagnosed early. So bubonic plague, Brian. Hold on a second. have that. Yes. So you got cats running around giving out bubonic plague, and somehow the uh, medical community are telling us not to worry about this. Uh, apparently, if it's caught early enough, um, like rabies, for example, uh, it can be treated. Ron, how many cats do you have in your home? Uh, four. Um, hold on. I'm doing a little quick research over here. Um, <laughs> and it looks like one of the first signs of bubonic plague are rosy cheeks. Um, Ron, is there anything? Hold on a second. Um, delusions of grandeur. And hold on. Fake <laughs> championship belts. Oh, my wow. gosh, Ron. I, wow. I think you've got bubonic plague over there. Um, in addition, Brian, uh, health officials in Alaska have identified the first known death to a recently discovered virus called Alaska pox. Uh, since Alaska its discovery pox. in 2015, seven Alaska pox infections have been reported. Uh, the most recent identified in an elderly man who died last month. Uh, the man apparently had a weakened immune system because of the cancer treatment, uh, which probably contributed to the severity of his illness. Experts say 
experts, let me put that in quotes because you can't always trust the science, Brian, uh, say that the illness is often mild, often mild and that infections remain rare in humans as the virus is primarily found in small mammal populations throughout Alaska. Oh, interesting. 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 So I have a question. Which would you prefer? Which which of those two diseases do you, would you if you had to pick one? Right. Would you um, rather have? I mean, I'd probably go Alaska pox because it seems like even if it's found late, um, it's not that severe unless you have a pre-existing condition. Whereas I think we know uh, from the history of the world, uh, the bubonic plague is pretty bad. But I heard that one of the side effects of Alaska pox is um, that uh, you're living in Alaska. It it seems tailor made for for being up in in Alaska. So like if you're if you're out there to begin with, um, maybe that's just you know your own problem. Billy's got a good point. I mean, can you see Russia from your house if you have Alaska pox? Is good it question. possible? <laughs> Is it possible? Um, I mean, can we blame Sarah Palin on this? I don't know. Is she still even around? I thought she tried to run a couple of years ago and then just kind of gave up. I think she she ran for something and then uh, got defeated Lost. in like a primary and then was going to run as an independent and then uh, just just got no traction whatsoever. I feel like she got replaced by Lauren Boebert. Like Lauren Boebert and uh, she, she kind of the role of Sarah Palin got handed down to Lauren Boebert. I mean, let's be brutally honest. Sarah Palin, we never heard any stories of her giving handies um, in uh, public theaters. Like, you know, her family was always a little trashy, but, you know, um, who was it? Bristol, uh, the daughter. um, And then uh, Trig uh, was one of the kids. Weird names for the family. Hold on. Did you just call Trig? Did you just call Trig? Um, I'm not even touching that one because wasn't that the... Kid, well, you, you just move on. Just move on, Brian. You're already over two in this episode. Just move on. Do it. Um, Listen, finally, tell you something, people. I've been on a bender since I lost that belt. Been on a bender. Been drinking nonstop. Drinking scotch. Uh, finally, scotch. in uh, where's in, my where's my belt? I want in the disease belt. world. Uh, world Health Organization belt. Director belt. General Tedros Gebredis has issued a new warning about the likelihood of disease X breaking out, telling global leaders it's a matter of when, not if, a new pathogen and pandemic would strike. Um, he, Tedros is the same individual uh, who gave a similar warning in 2018 that a pandemic was likely to hit, uh, and he was proven right uh, with the outbreak of the coronavirus. Um, complaining that the world is still ill-prepared for a new pandemic, Tedros once again touted the urgent need for a global treaty to be agreed upon um, by May. So uh, disease X is really just the name they're giving of whatever they anticipate this future disease to threaten humanity will be in the coming years. Don't you think we're actually well positioned for for another pandemic if it were to happen anytime soon? I mean, everybody that I know has got like a couple boxes of masks. We still have lots of Lysol wipes. I mean, as an American, I know I still have a lot of toilet paper, you know, in my house because I don't trust my fellow Americans not to go out and start hoarding uh, toilet paper. So I have already I've preemptively hoarded Um 
Like, I feel like we're in pretty good shape. Like, we already know we can work remotely. Most people are. Um, you know, you know, four years ago, Zoom was pretty much all we had. Now we've got Microsoft Teams, the fine people over at Microsoft that's offered us, a, you know, you can FaceTime with multiple people now, not just one. Um, I think we're actually in a very good position for the next uh, pandemic. At least I know so, I know there's certain people who are coming out of the uh, uh, COVID who are sitting there being like, my life is actually better during the pandemic than it was uh, before. So I don't think we're it's, you know, uh, necessary for all of us to get so completely nervous about it. All right. So you think the way that all of the population handled uh, masking up and vaccines and uh, social distancing makes you feel uh, makes you feel good? No. No, not all of us. But what it did was it, it definitely gave us an idea of who are the people that you want to be associated with. I was talking to somebody recently um, and they had this past week reconnected with somebody that they hadn't spoken to in probably 10, 15 years. And they were getting caught up with this person. Hey, you know, you know, what are you doing for work or whatever? And the guy told the story how he was a, um, how he was a, uh, uh, I think an Uber driver. Okay, he was an Uber driver, and he got fired from Uber because he wouldn't wear a mask, and people were complaining about him on the app. So he had to go take a different type of job. And I'm like, so now we know, like that guy, we can sit there and just kind of push him off to the side. <laughs> marginalize him if you would Ron and just right. say okay when 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 it goes down again you're going to be on that side of the room I'm going to be over here I'm over here be over, over there. here now all right over here now over here now uh Brian we have a follow up uh from a story uh that we covered Good. last year uh regarding a former uh Penn State professor uh famous Matsukas, uh, who was uh, arrested after videos emerged uh, showing uh, he was involved in sexual acts with a pet collie. Uh, he had been out at a, uh, a, a I guess, a local park, um, and the uh, there were trail cameras or security cameras that caught these actions. Um, if you remember, he begged troopers to kill him uh, when he was arrested uh, while saying the sex acts helped him, quote, blow off steam. Well, now he has been hit with an additional batch of similar charges um, for other alleged acts from 55 uh, videos found on his electronic devices, um, seized on a search warrant. Um, it includes uh, more lewd acts in a park, uh, including inserting a tree branch and a lollipop into his anus, um, a video of him naked. Apart from a ski mask, he was captured on video masturbating on a picnic table in a lake at the park um, and on Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources ve uh, vehicles. So eh. he, was also, he was also seen climbing a tree while naked and inserting a tree branch, a Tootsie Pop, and the control handle of a DCNR John Deere crawler into his anus. Uh. Um, he also allegedly defecated in public areas of Rothrock State Forest and in a maintenance area next to DCNR equipment, as well as smeared bodily fluids on a glass table uh, at a leased camp nearby. 
I feel there 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 may be there may be a mental health issue here. I Just throwing that out so. there. Just saying that out there. So uh, he was additionally charged now with two felony counts each of burglary and criminal trespass, six misdemeanor counts of indecent exposure, two misdemeanor counts of open lewdness, two misdemeanor counts of disorderly conduct, and six summary counts of disorderly conduct for obscene gestures. Hmm. Now, I mean, okay. I guess how how long does a Tootsie Pop need to be in your anus until you get to the center of it. I don't want to know. I don't. Cause the thing is at that point when it's looking like a, like a, a Tootsie roll, I mean, as you're taking it out, you're not sure what it is. That's true. That's, that's like the in dangerous the beginning, part. In the beginning, it's a round lollipop and obviously, you know, sugary sweet. But then once you hit that middle and as you're taking it out, what is it really made of? Ooh. All good questions. All good questions. Another good question, Brian. I, I was more watching? concerned. To, oh, what am I watching? Oh, okay. Listen, people. I went to the movie theaters today. Went to the movie theaters today, and I saw One Love, the Bob Marley movie. Um, recommend it. It's an enjoyable watch. You know, much like a lot of these biopics on famous people like. Um, I Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash right. story. There was another one that was very similar to it that I can't think of off the top of my head, where it's it's not the story of somebody's life. It is, you know, they pick an aspect of this person's life, whether it's, a you know, a time frame within their career or, you know, a love story that's attached. And, and that's the story they're telling. You know, there's so much, you know, I recently, about a week and a half ago, watched I shot the sheriff on Netflix, which is a documentary about uh, the political upheaval in Jamaica around the time that Bob Marley was shot while he was trying to do a unity concert in Jamaica. Um, and then the story of what happened in, you know, in his career and how it overlaps with the um, upheavals that were going on in Jamaica. That I thought was fascinating. This one is a little bit more about um, the love story between him and Rita, his wife and backup singer, um, who was also an established singer on her own. She was a lot more than just Bob's wife. Um, for fans of Big Blunt's volume one, I think we can all remember her song, One Draw. Remember that one from college, One Draw? I believe so. How does that go again? Thanks for chiming in. One draw. You know what? I don't remember it. Um, I'm going to listen to it later on tonight. Anyway, to make a long story short, just an enjoyable watch. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't go so far as to say that it is um, deserving of Bob Marley's legacy. He deserves more of a story than this. But for an hour and 40 minutes, Mm -hmm. I sat there and was just like, you know what? This is... um, an enjoyable watch. I, I don't think there are going to be people walking out of there really complaining much. Also, I watched just an incredible documentary that I recommend everybody. It's incredibly timely now. If you have access to the HBO Cinemax, um, what is it? The Max app nowadays, Max. is it called? Yes. Max. If you have Max, if you have access to Max, um, please go find the documentary Navalny. N-A-V-A-L-N-Y. It is a um, behind the scenes 
uh, a film crew uh, went with Alexi Navalny. Yeah, Alexi Andre. I think it's Alexi uh, Navalny. He was the dissident, uh, the Russian dissident, who very famously um, uh, spoke out against corruption in Putin's Russia uh, several years ago. Um, Had a very famous uh, YouTube channel, uh, very famous um, uh, in uh, pointing out public corruption that was going on in Russia's governments and the cost that it was causing the uh, uh, Russian people. Became an enemy of Putin, enemy of the Russian state, um, uh, was basically poisoned. Um, this documentary starts when he is poisoned, leads up to um, a film crew basically being embedded with him for, uh, I would say, probably about a year as he recovers from the uh, poisoning um, as he prepares to uh, recover, I guess you could say, and then return to Russia Um People who have been following current events know that he uh, earlier this week, uh, Russian prison authorities announced that he had passed away in a Russian prison in Siberia. Um, Very little is known as to the cause of it. Uh, Basically, the Russian uh, prison authorities announced that it was something like, you know, uh, natural sudden sudden uh, death syndrome, they're calling it. Sure. And um, I saw something earlier today that said there were bruises on his body. Um, so you're basically watching a guy talk about how he's getting himself ready to go back. And, you know, he's going back to die. Um, having having watched it with him, knowing the fact that how it ends um, in real life, not the documentary, but in real life, really just adds a uh, another layer to this onion uh, of what happened. Um, really thrilling. Really, um, just very interesting. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, Ron, yes, champ, yes, my friend, champ. <laughs> Hold on, yes, my friend. What are you watching? Um, so I watched on Netflix, uh, Lover, Stalker, Killer. Uh, it's a documentary, uh, about an hour and 40 minutes. They didn't break it up into a docuseries, which is good. So it is about, uh, this guy, he's a divorcee. Um, he tries online dating, uh, for the first time, you know, meets a woman, hits it off, you know, lets her know, you know, he just wants like a casual dating thing and she seems cool with it. And then he starts, uh, dating another woman. And the first woman, he starts getting like threatening texts from him uh, from her. And it just it just amps up uh, into like a stalking of her stalking of this other woman. There is a a big twist, which if you've watched a lot of crime documentaries, you'll probably figure it out by the time the twist rolls around. Uh, But it just shows how this guy's life was was made hell. He was getting hundreds of text messages a day. He would change his number when it mattered. He was getting uh, emails. Uh, he would get photos texted to him of, you know, of uh, of him outside work, you know, just to show that, oh, I know what you're doing. I can see you. Just a crazy, crazy story. So I would recommend it. It was good. It was enjoyable. Um, and then I watched uh, Four Falls of Buffalo, which was initially a, a 30 for 30. Now it's on Netflix as a full documentary. And it talks about um the buffalo bills going to the super bowl four years in a row and losing four years in a row um it was a nice you know that's an incredible streak 
Yeah, I mean, and that and that's kind of what what the documentary kind of speaks to is it's it's taken time because if you remember, like the the Bills kind of became a joke because they continued to sure. lose Super Bowls, but now sure. you look back and there are I think eight Hall of Famers uh, associated with yeah. that team, including uh, Coach Marv Levy, um, and and you just see the uh, the respect that people are now starting to give for what a what an impressive run it was, and when you look at the team. I mean, the team was freaking loaded. I mean, not just Jim Kelly, you know, Thurman Thomas, Don Beebe. um, You know, Frank Reich was a pretty solid backup quarterback. Um, Of course. Bruce Smith, um, who was the the one wide receiver? I'm drawing a blank on his name. But they couldn't finish. They couldn't finish. They couldn't. Andre Rison, Rison, something like that? Something like that. Um, So, yeah, so losing, you know, obviously the big one was – was the first one they lost to the Giants 2019, the famous wide right uh, field goal, got blown out by the Redskins, uh, got blown out by the Cowboys, and then lost to the Cowboys second year in a row uh, for, mm-hmm. for their fourth one. But it was just um, it was just very interesting to see kind of a um, recap of those seasons and how that, that no-huddle offense they had was really just ahead of its time. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I want to watch it. I, I, I added that to my list earlier this week. I don't think I watched anything. I'm trying to think. Uh, there hasn't been a lot on. I've been trying to find stuff to watch, um, but there it doesn't seem to be a good time for uh, for streaming services right now. But I will watch Navalny. Uh, you're the second person in two days to recommend yeah. that. Well, I, I was one of those where I was uh, I was on Netflix. I was watching uh, a program on Korean uh, uh the Korean beef industry, which I thought was fascinating, but I don't know that I would recommend it. Um, you've already co- commented multiple times. You don't do subtitles. You know, if it's not spoken oh, in English, you ain't going to watch it. Uh, my, my, my lady doesn't like dubs or subtitles. If you're interested in um, the uh, level of fascination that the Korean culture have taken the beef, like they basically said that in the American beef world they view there being like 10 cuts of beef right as a whole that in the korean culture they have broken that down to somewhere about 35 Mm. so like they like what we would consider like oh that's the that's the loin no 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 no. there's like 18 different parts of the loin that they're cutting up and chopping up and selling separately um i thought it was very interesting watch that earlier this weekend um, I mean, when I go to a Korean barbecue, you. there is a there is a, a wide variety of uh, of cuts you can uh, to pick from to cook up at your table. That's why it's sometimes good to have a uh, a tour guide who's going to sit there and point out to you when you sit there and just go here. You take the menu, you order, and I'll eat it, and it works out. Exactly. Um, and that's uh, that's what we watch this week, people. All right, if uh, you guys Brian, hold on, be- if you guys. Hold on. If you guys have any suggestions of what we should watch that um, we haven't watched already, get onto the social media. Comment right here on YouTube. Um, you guys make a suggestion of what we should be watching if we haven't watched. So we'll give it a shot. We're open minded. Chris recommends watching Brian getting a boner. So maybe we'll uh, maybe. I mean, I think you're on Pornhub, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to look that up. Um, let's go down to Florida, Brian. We we put this uh, this story kind of started to gain some traction early in the week. We put it on the list, and now uh, this Florida sheriff's deputy is everywhere. Um, former Okaloosa County Deputy Jesse Hernandez 
Um, and we'll pull the video up here uh, from his body cam. Hold on, I didn't want that to play just yet. So long story short, uh, Deputy Hernandez detains a guy. It's like a domestic uh, dispute type thing. Uh, detains the guy, uh, handcuffs him, puts him into mm-hmm. the back of his cruiser. Um, he and his partner cuffed the man. And so he's walking back to the car and uh, he he thinks he hears a gunshot. And so uh, this is pr- this picks up pretty much where uh, he thinks he hears the gunshot. He then goes into full, like, obvious panic Shots mode. Shots fired! Shots fired! Drops to the ground. And without... You can tell from the body I count cam. I counted 11. With... Just without screamed I'm hit. Without being able to tell where the gunshot came from, not able to see a weapon, not able to see anybody, just unloads his full clip into the back of his uh, his 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 cop car. Meanwhile, uh, you can't really see well from the video. His off his partner is on the other side, so she is in the line of fire technically because he's just spraying bullets sure. all over the place. Uh, shockingly, did not strike his partner. Did not strike uh, 22-year-old Marquise Jackson, who was the, the gentleman handcuffed in the back of the vehicle. Um, and thankfully, no one um, no one got shot. But after an investigation went uh, was, was uh, had, it turns out it was an acorn falling from the tree above uh, his vehicle and striking the vehicle. I mean, did not even make, if you notice, there was not even a noise loud enough on the body cam yeah. to make anybody think that there had been a shot. Yeah. And then he's, yeah, yeah, to your point, Brian, he's saying, I've been hit. I've been hit. Yeah. With what? No, you haven't. Sap? <laughs> you know, a yeah. nut? You haven't been hit at all. No. Shot fire, shot fire. See, this is why I could never be a cop, because I would be that idiot that the second that I feel like I'm um, uh, at risk, I just over... Um, uh, react, and then if you again, you we kind of cut off the video, but he 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 discharges the clip from his gun and clearly is attempting to try and put another clip in there. So had he sure. managed to reload his weapon, he probably would have unloaded another clip uh, just blindly out into uh, into the public. That's wild, absolutely wild. But at least we know that we that the the police are here to protect us. And to serve. Yes, of course. Uh, including this was Florida. This was this Florida. Was Florida um, one of our Florida. favorite states. Um, Florida, of course. Hold on. And I forgot to put up a picture of this guy because he's got just the, the classic 80s porn mustache oh. to go along with the, the entire look. He and he, he he's out of a job right now. Uh, he was, uh, yes, he was fired after they, so apparently it is possible for police officers to be so derelict of duty that they actually get fired. Shocked. I know you are, you are as shocked as I am. Yes, exactly. Um, wish we could say that that was the worst, uh, deputy story we had, but we are going to go down to Tennessee, Brian, uh, me just, Migs, excuse me, Migs County, uh, Deputy Robert R.J. Leonard. Um, his remains were found uh, after his patrol vehicle uh, drove off the road and into uh, a river. Um, apparently, he was texting with his wife prior to the accident. 
texting and okay. driving, okay. and then apparently uh, drove into a river, uh, killing himself. Um, now, we would have put that, you know, maybe in uh, in fuck around That's and find out when uh, when a deputy sure. when a deputy kills himself. Uh, but unfortunately, he also killed a young lady by the name of Tabitha Smith, who was handcuffed and in the back of his oh, vehicle uh, when he was texting with his wife. He texted his wife that he had gotten his first arrest and then went off the road into the oh. river, killing himself, killing this woman, uh, wife, mother of two, uh, Tabitha Smith. Um, so, you know... The 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 level of outrage in Tennessee has grown because initially there was just Good. the story about how, you know, this was just a tragic accident. And then it started right. to come out that this guy was texting and driving uh, and basically, you know, killed a woman who he had arrested for arguing with him. Um, they haven't sure. uh, released the body cam footage, but it wasn't like she was being arrested for like a violent act or anything like she yelled at him for right. some reason. And he, he, I'm sure again, arrested her for some bullshit, but he wanted his first arrest clearly. Um, and now sure. uh, she is dead. Uh, her children have, have lost a mother. Um, I, Jesus. Horrible story. That is horrible. Story. That is horrible. Yeah. Utterly horrible. By the way, I just wanted to report to you that the um, NBA all-star game is going on. I know you said, do you absolutely want to know what's going on? Current score, Eastern beating Western 35-31 with 4.51 left in the first quarter. A lot of scoring, Ron. A lot of scoring. A lot of scoring. We'll have to see how that plays out. I hear there are some people out there taking the over in this game. Uh, again, were you part of uh, the uh, Patreon at the appropriate level? You would know what we were wagering on. But uh, yeah, I believe that was the latex. If if you're not on our Patreon at the latex level, you're not getting Ron sports picks. Why do we it's call latex? it the latex level, by the way? Because it, it, it seems like seems like an inappropriate uh, name for it. But I'll, I'll leave that up to you. You you, you name the levels. I'm not the champion. champion I'm not, so I'm not going to I'm not going to over. I'm not someone who's just going to come in and completely try and undo what my predecessor did. How would you describe your first week as champion? Today completes um, the seventh day. Um, well, first off, uh, Billy is uh, brings up a great, uh, great thing. He asks if you do the work, can you get the picks? And, um, sure. you know, Billy knows what, what I know and what Brian knows. It, the work is so sure. important. And if you're willing to put in the work, if it's you're willing work. to, if you let the picks flow through you, throw flow through your mind and throw flow through your heart um we'll give you one free pick and then for every five people you bring in to also do the work we will give you one additional free pick Ooh, that's so much that's that's incredible picking it's 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 you know and it's it's us giving to the world right it is us giving to the world You're so generous uh, You're so generous with your picks and your time and your love Brian, there was a catfishing story um, that we both uh, saw, and it was so crazy that we we both had to, to talk about it. Uh, Brian, uh, you've delved into this. You are our resident catfish specialist. Um, talk a little bit about what happened in this exact story. 
Okay, listen. Um, you know, have you ever asked yourself the question of how much money would somebody have to pay you to kill a good friend of yours? You know, um, I'd like to think that the number is kind of high. Um, right. Unfortunately, for some people, the number is a little bit lower than for others. And this story, we take you all the way out to Alaska, where when they're not worrying about Alaska pox, they're worrying about people killing each other. Um, Ron, do you have that photo of Denali Bremer? I believe we do. There we go. Denali Bremer. Um, Denali Bremer, she's now 23. She pleaded guilty in February of 2023 to first-degree murder, admitting that she had killed 19-year-old Cynthia Hoffman in June of 2019. She was just recently sentenced this past week to 99 years in prison for a murder for hire scheme. Now, you're going to say to yourself, who hired her? Was it a father? Was it a sister? Was it her lover? No. Um, when Bremer was 18, she and two other teens were catfished online by 21-year-old Darren Schillmiller, who pretended to be a millionaire named Tyler and persuaded the trio to sexually assault and then kill Hoffman. The Indiana man offered $9 million for the rape and murder of anyone in Alaska and told the teens to send him photos and videos as they committed the heinous crime. Well, they they put their brain trust together and all four brain cells got together, lured Hoffman into an area outside of Anchorage under the guise of a friendly hike, at which point they duct taped her and shot her in the back of the head with a nine millimeter pistol. They sent multiple Snapchat videos and images to Schillmiller before pushing her body into a, re- a nearby river. They then um, took her body and um, uh, tried to burn it afterwards uh, before sending her family a text that she had been dropped off elsewhere. Um, yeah, there's justice here, people. Um, this person needs to rot in hell. Um for a very right. long time. Um, Ron, also, how much would it take? Ron, no, no, no. You're yeah. not moving right. forward. You're not just okay. going to skip ahead. How right. much would somebody have to offer you to kill me? Hmm. Oh, you're thinking about it. Wow. I'm going to tell you this. Okay. There is no dollar number. There is, uh, there is no dollar number that I would accept um, in exchange for killing you. So, so somebody, if somebody offered you $50 million to kill me, you wouldn't take it. I, I wouldn't trust it. That's, and see, that's where this shit wouldn't happen to me. Okay. Because that's a whole different story then. Even if it was a, even if the person came across as completely legitimate, I would sit there and be like, there's no, I am absolutely not doing it. Cause the second I do it, I'm going to get arrested. No, because you're not, you don't have the money. You're going to do the, no, there is no what way if, I would kill somebody. What if the fifty million was already in your bank account? I, no, because there's a catch. There's something okay. they're going to take it out. The, if they put it in my account, they're going to take it out right after I did it. Absolutely not. I tell them to go get fucked. I wouldn't okay. even. Uh, I would not harm a head, uh, a hair on your head. Um, I'm talking about the little one here, people. Um, I would not harm any of those hairs. Because I would not trust anything. There is no dollar amount that would that would make me do that. 
And would I, I, I would kill have to you agree. for the belt? Would I kill you for that championship belt having tasted it for the past year? Yeah, I might. Possibly. I might. Very possibly. I get it. I get it. Um, Brian, we've talked gender reveal parties uh, in the past. Um, of course. How crazy they get, how dangerous they get. Um, and now uh, a, a case has been resolved. Uh, a man whose gender reveal party accidentally sparked a massive wildfire in Southern California that killed a firefighter has pled guilty to involuntary manslaughter uh, all the way back in September of 2020. Refugio Jimenez Jr. and Angelina Jimenez gathered their family at El Dorado Ranch Park in Yucaipa. Why did I pick this story with all these names? Um, for a photo shoot for to it. reveal Keep the going. gender of their forthcoming baby. To do so, they decided to use pyrotechnics on a windy, dry day. Sure enough, the smoke bomb went off and quickly ignited the field around it. The family attempted to put out the flames with water, but failed, and the wind quickly uh, spread the fire. Twelve days later, on September 17th, the fire was still raging and took the life of Charles Morton, uh, a wildfire fighter with almost 20 years of experience. Um Jimenez Jr. will serve a year in prison, and the couple was ordered to pay uh, almost $1.8 million in victim restitution. Oof. Jesus. That's pretty just, brutal. Uh, just a horrible story. Um, and I think we've, so many we've got horrible time. stories. We've got time for one more story, don't we? And again, this has been a story that has kind of morphed um, over the entire year. Uh, excuse me, over the entire week. Uh, it started. Um, do we all remember uh, Rachel? Is it Dolezal? Is that her? The correct name of her? Yeah, yeah. Dolezal. Dolezal. Um, so yeah. how would how would you describe her exactly? What, what, what was her claim to fame? Her claim to fame was that she was a woman who took a role as the head of African studies at a small college, if I'm not correct, under the guise of being an African-American woman who specialized in um, uh, African-American culture. And as, you know, she was doing what I considered was a relatively fine job, it came out that she was not an African-American woman whatsoever and that she was 100% Caucasian. But um, she identified as as an African woman. Correct. She tried to sit there and say, it does not matter what my par- what skin color my parents are. I identify as a African-American woman and look at my kinky hair, um, look at my skin color. And she was also a there- uh, she also at one point was an NA- NAACP chapter president. Yeah, I mean, she had really she Ron, she put the work in. <laughs> she apparently put the work in. Um, so she hit the news this past week uh, because she was uh, apparently working as a teacher at an Arizona elementary school, um, Sunrise Drive Elementary School, to be exact, where she was listed under her new, her new name of Incheki Diallo. Um, as, and she mm. was an after school teacher. Uh, earning $19 an hour, which, again, absolutely ridiculous. Forget forget what you think about this woman ridiculous that they would uh, pay a teacher $19 an hour. Like it's just insulting that they don't pay teachers more. Um, And now to supplement her income, Brian, she has an OnlyFans, And I think we have a photo of uh, her from her OnlyFans as well. Um, I apologize for putting this up. 
Um, let me let me take the banner down so you can get the full effect here. So listen, we don't. Uh, You're struggling. You're struggling. Uh, we don't shame people. Oh, that's a gig- um, for, no, Okay, hold on. Let's shame her a little bit, John. Uh, Ron, um, that's I don't know who John is, but I, I, I I'm starting to get a little sweaty here. Oh, um, she, that is a big forehead. I'm very sorry. That is a gigantic. I can you put the uh, banner back on? <laughs> so she is. Uh, she's selling content on OnlyFans. Uh, Brian, uh, do you know what she charges a month? Did 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 you read the? Because you're usually good at, at, at just figuring out no. what these descriptions are. So would you like to take a guess as to what she's charging each month? Eight ninety nine. Uh, very close. Nine ninety nine a month. Um, her page promises content such as, quote, an 18-image explicit collection and a video of self-pleasure to orgasm under the Christmas tree. Uh, one post on the site in September received 122 likes, equating to $1,220 for that one photo. Um, but since this came out that she was on OnlyFans, she has since uh, lost her teaching job. You know what really was um, the saddest part of this story was that I watched a documentary about her. I don't remember where it was. Somewhere, I think it might have been HBO or whatever. But um, she had adopted two African-American boys and was raising them. Obviously, she was putting the work in. Um, But she had raised them. And they really did see see her as um, their mother. And it was, I mean, you could see the pain that these kids were going through with the conflict of watching the woman that you, you, you viewed and treated as your mother being taken down by society and at the same time struggling with the realization that she wasn't who she was telling people that she was. Right. And, you know, the, 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 the documentary, I mean, they, you know, much like Navalny, they were at the dining room table. They were sitting there watching them have these conversations, you know, as this, you know, the storm was coming down and, you know, sitting there, her sitting there telling her kids, you know, you know, don't go on your phones. Don't like, don't go on social media with, you know, don't look up what they're saying about me. I love you. It's going to be okay. And it's just like, it's not going to be okay. This <laughs> really is not. not okay. This is not something that's oh, that you are going to be able to do and get away with. I didn't realize that she had written a book. Also, uh, apparently, oh, did she? A memoir, a memoir entitled "In Full Color: Finding My Place in a Black and White World." Uh, she described in the book how she dreamed of freeing her inner blackness while living with strict evangelical parents in Montana. Listen, she gets the listen, she's a human being. She gets to live the life that she wants to live. Sure. Um, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, we um, you know, I ugh, I don't even think I should be touching this one. It's I, <laughs> no, I I, 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 I love teeing these stories up for you, Brian. It's always good to hear your take on uh how you feel women should live their lives. No, it's absolutely. She has every right to live the life that she has to, that she wants to live. But I think it's important. And obviously it sounds like she's, you know, doing what she has to do to pay her bills or whatnot. But if she genuinely 
wants to identify as an African-American woman um, and be part of that community. She, you know, I, the part that I did not understand or I never saw her accepting was, you know, the effect that it would have on others that, that, you know, the, the jobs that she was taking um, could have been held by African-American women. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people who didn't just identify as, um, but were actually African-American women that, you know, um, and, you know, what I always in every interview I saw her with, uh, with her, the amount of denial about taking responsibility for the anger that others felt about what she had done was um, I always found eye opening where she would sit there and be like, I, why, I don't understand why you're angry. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, this is, this is who I am. And people are like, but you're not African-American. <laughs> you're not claiming you to be, you are like, you, like this is a photo of your father. He's as white as can be. And she'd be like, yeah. Oh, Oh, that's, you know, uh, but that's not who I, uh, who I am. It's like, I mean, I don't think she's okay. ever been invited to the cookout. And I think that's really where she should have figured oh. out that she's not accepted. See, and I get yelled at for saying uh, problematic things. Um, so, uh, Brian, before I share this, I don't want to win. I don't want to upset anybody out there. But in addition to sending uh, the belt, you did send a very lovely letter. Um, and I, I wanted to see if it would be all right if I if I read the letter. Uh, because, you know, as as is the tradition in presidencies and podcast championships, you know, you 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 write a letter uh, in the transition and it says, Dear Ronald, congratulations on your elevation to the champion of the Ron and Brian podcast universe and 51 percent owner of RMB Merch LLC. Um, I know the weight of responsibility you now carry and I offer you my sincerest best wishes for success in leading our show for the next 12 months. As I depart from this office, I leave behind a world better than when I took this position. Inflation has been tamed. The stock market is at all time highs. People throughout the world breathe freedom each morning, afternoon, and night. I believe that you have the potential to continue this glorious path. There will be difficult times ahead as you will be tempted to drag the podcast nation into a dark world of fascism, demagoguery, and divisiveness. Uh, but the Ron and Brian people are resilient and resourceful. I urge you to listen to them, hear their views, and honor their needs. Remember that you are not alone in this endeavor. You have the support of your co-host, a dedicated producer with a raging cocaine addiction, a strong YouTube following, and most importantly, the American people. Uh, never lose sight of the ideals that have guided our show for centuries liberty, justice, and equality for all. May your championship be marked by wisdom, compassion, and a steadfast commitment to the well-being of our nation. I wish you and your family all the best. Signed, Brian Perlis, former champion, current 49% owner, your brother. Very humble, very touching. Thank you. And I will keep this. I will keep this letter on my desk where I do this podcast um, in the hopes that I, I live up to the expectations that uh, you set over the past year. If I can make a suggestion, um, of course. read that letter before, before we do every show on Sunday. Um, I think it will help center you in terms of where you should be. Uh, but it's an honor. Listen, I was the champion for a year. Um, 
You know, I accomplished much. The, I felt that, you know, uh, you know, what is the one thing as a champion that you hope for at the end of your term is that you made the world a better place than it was before. Right. I believe I did that. Um, and that is the challenge I lay out for you as we look forward to the next 51 weeks um, is to continue um, to make this world better. All right. Well, I will do my best uh, to continue the high standard, uh, which you set. Thank um, you. Before we wrap up here, just a reminder, um, join the Patreon. Um, not only yeah. can you get swag, not only can you get sports picks, uh, but you can join the After Dark, which takes place at 930 every Sunday night. We give you all this amazing content for free. We put the extra special, spicy, sexy content behind the paywall. I think the, the Rachel Dolezal, kind of a, a tease of the After Dark, because we usually save OnlyFans sure. content for After Dark. But for just $10 a month, you can get access to the live After Dark, again, taking place at 930, uh, just a scant 17 minutes from now. So if you go to ronandbrianpodcast.com, click in the upper right-hand corner, uh, to become a patron and uh, see all the great stuff you can get. You don't have to stop at $10. You can go all the way up to, I think it's $1,000 a month is our, our titanium level. But again, sure, sure. for as little as the cost of uh, a cup of coffee in Biden's America, uh, you can join After Dark each and every month. Brian? I, I couldn't have said any better than you did. Uh, I, I feel a fantastic episode to uh, start off my uh, my first show under my championship reign. I hope I have made you proud. I hope we have entertained the people. Um, and uh, I don't know what else to say. I will leave it to you to wrap up this episode. Champ, you knocked it out of the box. Keep doing champ shit. All right. Well, Patreon folks, we will catch you in a few minutes on After Dark. Everybody else, we will see you next Sunday night. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.